listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. All right. Hey there, podcast listener. It's so great to be with you today and happy new year. If no one's told you that, I'm sure somebody's told you that. They had to have told them. Had to have because we're well into 2018. But if not... Yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> We're the first. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't screwed up too many forms or dates uh, oh, that you've yeah. had to fill in. That's I stumble on that a lot. I thought you were going to say you messed up any uh, New Year's resolutions. Have he, you kept all your resolutions so far? I don't keep those. But no. did you make any resolutions? I know you're running. I just trying to run. I've been running. Is it every day? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's not a goal. I just okay. it feels good. I'm a slow start. You're probably a morning guy. I'm not. Yeah. The whole early bird get the worm. I've never gotten a worm in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my morning is I think because I'm just eager to do things. It's not so much I'm a natural morning morning person. It's more of discipline and. You get space, at least for me, I get space in the morning that's uninterrupted. And I valued that so much for myself, and I know that for me to get my hours, that hour in, I've got to be alive, and yeah. by, <laughs> I might have to get my BPMs up and get Absolutely. running, so that's the why there. Absolutely. But um, hey, podcast listener, jump in with us, get involved, because we're going to start talking about movies. Ooh. Golden Globes just happened, yes. and uh, we we just love thinking about the last year of movies and what was our favorites, our, the funniest, the best action flicks, mm-hmm. the ones that made us think. What, what's yours, podcast listener? I wonder. I'm going to ask Chris here in a second. That is but what's a good yours? Question. I'd love to hear back from people. They can, yeah. you know, you can let us know on our iTunes podcast. It's probably not the greatest place to leave feedback like this, but you can also certainly go to our Instagram. So City Lights, I think it's City Lights underscore Greenville or Correct. CL underscore Greenville. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. That's our Instagram is in a sense being revamped and back up and running. It's already going. So maybe leave some feedback. What is your um, favorite film of 2017? And we'll uh, right. we'll maybe put a post and you can comment on that. But Oliver, what would you say? What was what's oh, making the? You don't have to give me your best. It's but, been a good one. It's been a movie pass year movie for the pass both of us. So it kind of really like expands the width. Of if you don't what know what a movie pass consider. is, it's ten dollars a month. And hey, movie pass is calling right now. That's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> They're giving me free subscriptions. So movie pass ten dollars a month, and you can see uh, a, a movie a day, and that's been really fun. I don't know. I think I average about three a week. I mm-hmm. thought I'd average more like five a week, but. When you see that many films, you get to end up seeing all of them, you mm-hmm. know, and if, if you want to. But I would say, you ready? Like, what are your, some of your what are your, some of your favorite films of this last year? Um, uh, comes to mind is American Made, Tom Cruise. Oh, that was great. Loved it. Really Funny, loved fun, old, old vintage Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, really good Love movie. that guy. It's a good actor. I think uh, the other one I'd say is um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Just reinvented the super hero movie genre for me right. it was funny yeah. i mean i put it in the funniest or one of the funniest yeah i think movies that made your funny like funniest comedy yeah. or comedy of the year yeah right? it's really good that's so disaster good. artist was the other third disaster artist was a yeah. great film mm-hmm. i think um james franco won did he uh, really yeah golden globe for oh, wow. best actor wow that's a big deal it's just so. yeah it, it was crazy how like he i think he wrote it he directed it. He did all of it. Yeah, he I acted don't know, in it. That's fun. That sounds like the original. Guy it sounds that like was yeah. out from the room. Yeah. Oh man, one of my favorite films this year. I don't even know if it was up for any anything, but Mother, uh, Mother exclamation yeah. point was dark mm-hmm. and slow and confusing. Mm-hmm. Yet if you if you can artistically stay yeah. within the film the whole time. I think just about anybody who would see it who's open to that type of movie would walk away going, brilliant. It was I mean, a really, really good surprise. Like, I sat down for one reason and watched it through and realized that I was watching something totally different than I thought in right. a good way. And it was yep. really meaningful. And I know you, Timothy, and I watched it 
unfortunately, I think we started at like midnight or one in the morning after the national championship after the game, national championship yeah. game. And I know you fell asleep, mm-hmm. which was fine because you were back up and got some synopsis. But I know Timothy at one point in the film he stopped and went, "Oh my goodness, this is brilliant." Oh my goodness! But you could, you can't say that in the first sixty minutes. Yeah. And I gave you guys a little glimpse of what it was about, so that you could know. I didn't realize that it was based on the Bible. Um, yeah. Not from a believing perspective, but just to me, it just blew me away. That was one of my favorite films. Of the yeah. year. Actually, that one, my I made my own little list, mm-hmm. and it was my favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, a lot of the movies I love: The Greatest Showman, Love oh, Baby yeah. Driver. I forgot to, yep, those are also um, you know, those really are good some, ones. Some really strong films out there. Yeah. Feel good movie for me of the year was. Um, the Greatest Showman, for yeah. sure. Great and Wonder, music. Wonder got second place. Just, just missed uh, Feel Good Movie of the Year for yeah. me. Yeah. Anywho. Hey, we are on our conversation about authority and power. We are finishing the trilogy of that. Elder, why don't you bring us back for the, the two that we've done, the third that we're going to do today. So, uh, City Lights Equipping Podcast listener, are you ready to jump into Power and Authority? Oliver, take it away. Yeah, the first week we sat down and discussed, listen, authority and power, although it's been abused... Uh, is a gift from God. It's Ooh. a good thing. Um, and to try and mitigate that or circle or circle around that and avoid that reality is abdication really of our purpose. We're mm. meant to learn how to partner with God in the power that he started in Eden. He hasn't stopped working and doing things and uh, moving and evolving things. And so it's part of the process is to recognize God's power. The second thing we talked about was the idea that it's not all types of power. It's a very specific type of power that we see in Eden from the first 11 verses of Genesis, mm. a let there be type of power. Real power doesn't need to fight and assert itself as much as it just needs to agree with what God's power is already doing. He's the ultimate authority. He's the only authority. And so the conversation about uh, is there power isn't the question. The conversation about what's real good power look like? What does mm. Genesis power look like? What does creative power look like? And so we talked about things like family and father, son, and daughter relationships and how uh, authority and power is meant to be served rather than it's supposed to be kept. And mm. finally, today, we're going to kind of land the plane, hopefully less on the why and the what and more in the how and mm. the more practical, um, everyday ways of how to use the power that God has given us. I believe everybody has power. If you have influence on anyone, which means you're alive, if your heart's beating, if there's breath in your lungs, you're influencing something and mm. someone. The question isn't, do you have power? The question is, what are you doing with it? Mm. And so we're just going to um, have a conversation today about uh, how to how to steward the power that we have. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a powerful statement, <laughs> pun intended, at least at this point, or word choice intended. Podcast listener, would you describe yourself as somebody who has power or would even say, I am powerful, mm-hmm. um, question mark. I, I, I so badly want to be interacting. I want to hear your response yeah. to that so much right now because I would think, Oliver, that most of our listeners, not because they're our listeners, but most listeners in general, would not describe themselves as powerful people. Mm. Maybe people who are CEOs or right. head of houses maybe or have things that are entrusted to them might call themselves that. But those are more empirically obvious. And I think that, you know, you used some strong language a few moments ago talking about how uh, sometimes when we act as though power doesn't exist or authority doesn't exist, usually because of the abuses of those things, we abdicate the things that are actually given and entrusted, endowed, Mm -hmm. um, inerrant to Mm -hmm. us. And so once again, we come back to this podcast and say, hey, let's not be afraid Mm -hmm. of what should be a good thing. And I really appreciate how you described this session and this installment, yeah. this episode as power is for mm-hmm. empowering others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, for me, I'm visual uh, as a thinker. And so yeah. I was thinking through what's the, 
you know, when you think about people who are powerful, there's usually a lot of people around them. Yeah. Even if it's not a really healthful, uh, yeah. like we saw All the Money in the World. I don't know if you've seen that film yet, but yet, All yeah. the Money in the World, he was the richest man in the world, first billionaire in history, and like untold billions of dollars before it was ever even a word to be describing someone's wealth. Had lots and lots and lots of people around him, but really abused or misused his authoritative power um, but so in good or bad situations, people have power and authority. And it is interesting that power does, it just in a way automatically empowers people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, or it the, should, it, the realist in me wants to say, but like by definition, doesn't it? Like by definition, a mm-hmm. power plant mm-hmm. is, is producing a, an asset or a, a resource for the use of others, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that they can experience that. So mm-hmm. I'm just talking about in the purity of it. You're right. Like yeah. the should word I'm going mm-hmm. Maybe uh, not in a naive way, but going, doesn't power in and of itself, uh, it's only as good as mm-hmm. it, does, it does empower? Otherwise, right. what's the point? Right. But I mean, I guess, you know, somebody could be like, what about slavery? And what about this? And what about capitalism? And I go, okay, I get that. But I'm trying to, I, I think I'm trying to argue, Oliver, for a mm-hmm. moment of the, the purity of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about a gift from God and, and something God gave in creation, I guess that's where my mind is. Yeah. It's thinking about there was nothing... There was nothing wrong with the word of power. In fact, it enriched life, and it was meant to multiply out so that people could thrive yeah. and prosper. But um, maybe that leads us into our myth and truth for the yeah. day quite well to kind of call out what is actually a myth and what actually is true in that regard. Yeah. Well, whether or not, like you're saying, uh, power that is abused actually ceases to become power is kind of what you're saying, yeah. or at least it's not practiced best, for sure, if you're kind of this... Uh, top-heavy organization or one person right. controlling the lives, like slavery, of, right. of, of, of dozens or hundreds and thousands of other people. That's an abuse of power. Maybe you're saying it's not yeah. power at all. But uh, the myth that we would like to contend with today is the idea that power um, is a zero-sum um, game. In other words, that there's only so much to go around, and uh, in an organization, a family, in a relationship, um, if I have some power, this is what I mean by that, you don't have that power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So because there's only enough, there's only 10 pieces of power, like you say, mm-hmm. if we could visualize it. You can't do that, unfortunately. But if there's only 10 units of power, that means that if I take one of the units, there's only nine left for you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and I want to confront that. Uh, even though it seems rational, realistic, mm-hmm. if, you look at, if you look at kingdom, if you look at the Bible and you look at life, really, I think if you reflected on your life, you would see the power actually isn't scarce. There's unlimited amounts of power mm-hmm. that can be shared. And that is, in fact, the original design is that is that not that your power costs me my power, but actually the truest form of power is that your power can empower my power. Mm-hmm. You uh, and your influence can actually help me grow in my influence. Mm. So that's and, a synonym. Yeah. Power, influence, yeah. Authority. authority. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that I heard, I heard you say our myth is ultimately your power costs me my power, meaning only one person can mm-hmm. be powerful. Right. Uh, there can't be a second, which quickly, certainly that's a scarcity mindset. It is. There's only so many things to give around and I need to hoard and get from me so that no one can challenge or be more powerful than me. I think if we look at sports, you and I love basketball. Uh, if one player is the most powerful on the court, yeah. Michael Jordan made those around him better. Right. Same thing great with point. Uh, a U.S. Olympic soccer for women. It, there's great singular players, but at times they weren't the one scoring the goal. Yeah. They weren't the one passing with the assist. They weren't the one with the corner kick, but they were 
leading the celebration and leading the empowerment and potentially it went through them. You know what I mean? Like sometimes mm-hmm. the captain isn't the most athletically best player on the team. Mm-hmm. I see that in the football playoffs. There was a, a C on on jerseys and uniforms and the, sometimes the quarterback is not even the captain of the team. Yeah. What does that tell you? Well, yeah. though they have one of the most powerful positions, right. the morale mm-hmm. and the bringing back to vision and mission was actually not on the person who had the most power right. in their hands. And that, yeah. So I, we do have examples of effectiveness in that. Um, I, I would like to think the truth for today, what I heard you say, mm-hmm. was truth, um, your power can empower me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to think of it, some of you guys don't know, and listeners know how churches work government-wise, yeah. or even behind the scenes, flow charts and org charts. And um, But Oliver came in to staff here at City Lights. This is a real, this is a real example. Um, Oliver came into City Lights as a uh, a senior level leader and easily could have went and been a lead pastor anywhere he wanted to go and chose to be here. Mm-hmm. I would hope, Oliver, this is not extending humility on my part, but mm-hmm. I think that I hope that what you saw in me is something I saw in you is uh, hopefully you saw Chris as the quote lead pastor or senior pastor mm-hmm. is not somebody who's saying I deserve X, Y, and Z. No one should challenge it or even want it. Um, I hope you saw and heard from me, Oliver, I see you as a capable number one leader. Yeah. I feel like you will be able to do that here. Come and do it with me. Yeah. And if there's 10 chips, some weeks you'll be holding six, I'll be holding four. Some weeks I'm holding nine, you're holding one. It's not about that. It's about how can I empower you? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like we've danced that well agree, together. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> we don't have to get into a topic of that, but I just was thinking about when you were opening, I went... Hey, I feel like we do that. I yeah. feel like we do that in this house, not well, just you and me. It's really a round table for a lot of people to sit at yeah. in leadership, influence, and power. Yeah, I would say go before, go until no. I would say uh, green light. Mm-hmm. I would say high expectation, low control. Um, that's where we learn to share power best. For example, this podcast, this very podcast that we're talking about right now was uh, I, I had the conception of it, the idea, the thought. We shared a vision. I brought it to you. And at no point, you know, I felt empowered throughout mm-hmm. the beginning, the consensus mm-hmm. and, the, and the action point of the actual podcast to go for it. And if we would have been in a more top-heavy relationship where it was like, you know, no until go, you know, right, basically right. micromanage or yeah. I'll tell you high control, you know, right. environment, those types of creativity, dreams, innovation, yeah. all that stuff gets yeah. squelched. And so not only do I lose as a follower, but you would lose out as an organizational leader. Right. And so we both stand to lose. The so lead, that's where the organization zero sum, can only get as big as I would, right. I, I can be versus right. making space for more. It goes with biblical wisdom too. Yeah. He who's faithful or she who's faithful with little will be entrusted with much. I mean, that's, that's the economy, I believe, of, of power and influence, right? Wouldn't you say that's an 100%. economic measurement? Yeah. And then, then the other one, um, yeah, I mean, that's the economy. You're about to say something. I cut you off, though. Well, I was going to say the example of the day that I had was a, that of a musical or a piano teacher. When the piano teacher and the students sit down, there's an exchange of money and time. That's zero sum. Uh, I don't have the money anymore, and mm-hmm. I don't have the time anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would hope that both of them would mutually benefit, you know, in a by addition, you know what I mean? Like I would get a little bit better and you would make a little bit more money, let's mm-hmm. say. But ultimately the, there's much more going on in that sit down. Like the 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 student for example is is learning how to play piano and it's enriching multiple sides of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, let's you know, and let's who's to say that they wouldn't someday play that same exact piece or play another piece because mm-hmm. of the skills at their daughter's wedding in the future 20 sure. years from now. I mean, that's an investment into the future. What's what that's probably more apparent. What's less apparent, though, in the power interaction, is that the teacher also benefits yeah. relationally. The teacher's right. 
being able to experience, it's like taking your kid to Disneyland for the first time and mm-hmm. all of the kind of old uh, habitual things that seemed old and, and kind of out uh, over experienced, let's say, about the piano. I've heard the song before. I played it a million times mm-hmm. before. It becomes new and fresh and you get to yeah. see the joy on the student's face. And, and on top of that, you get to learn the piece because now you're forced from an expert level to simplify it at its greatest degree so that the next person can understand it. I mean, mm-hmm. those are some of these invaluable things that happen just from sitting down, being together, and agreeing together towards a common goal mm-hmm. uh, of of what we're going to do with our time and our resources. And that's what I would say is would be the picture of what shared power might do mm. to create a greater than the sum of parts. Well, what, one of the things I... If, if we can compare those two stories, uh, you and I in our real relationship coming in at senior levels, similar stage in life. I had some more experience, et cetera, but um, those were similar in nature. The one you just described is Alec, your your son who's six, six and a a professional expert, but yet you said there's both cost and both gain for both, right? I mean, that's pretty exciting. So I just, I feel like podcast listener, wherever you're at in life, you can't just hear Oliver and I story and go, oh, well, I'm not, you know, in my 30s or I don't Great have point. this education, this experience. So I get how power works at a respectful peer level, but um, I'm not that. I'll never be that. I'm too shy. I'm, you, I, I tend to see a lot of people, Oliver, really try to remove themselves from the, defe- the definition or the norms. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about power and influence as normalcy yeah. rather than an exception. And so when you give that piano illustration... Alec's not bringing anything to the table, but yet Alec is bringing to the table this person's opportunity to, to play Absolutely. that song for the thousandth time where they might hear it differently, Absolutely. appreciate it differently. So there's gain for both. Mm-hmm. And and that's extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, even the greatest athlete to sit on the bench for a moment so that they could actually see something in somebody else. Yeah. I gain this way when I see you lead or mm-hmm. teach. or But I, I mean, I see that from somebody like Timothy Bain, who is... You know, a, a decade and a half behind me in mm-hmm. age and experience, et cetera. But I, I learn things from him, mm. not because he needs to be, you know, we, we've said this at City Lights our whole lives, our whole time we've been a church, that we're not wanting anybody to be a miniature Oliver, a miniature yeah. Chris. We really want them to maybe see and understand and learn things through living examples so that they might become the God-intended version of themselves. Right. But I can learn something from you being the God-intended version of yourself, just like I can from Alec your son six years old and like you and I both can from a mentor who's 73 years old and they also say they're learning from us so I just feel like that is a paradigm Mm -hmm. or uh, yeah as a paradigm there aren't really outs for anybody you know Mm -hmm. everybody in a healthy in a healthy power system and economy everybody plays a part yeah right wouldn't that be a fair thing to say right in that way and that's that's a strong thing to say but uh, i would argue that you're missing out there's actual like manifest measurable things that you would miss or i would miss with alec and teaching the piano i would miss out on if the whole relationship was become a mini me if the goal is that alec is going to grow into his own sense of power and empowerment Mm -hmm. now that's really where we enter into the territory of mutual benefit i would Mm -hmm. agree you could sit down with alec in a way that would just become zero zero sum. It would just be sure. I teach, he listens, right. and we're not experiencing mutual joy. But there is a change. There's there's a I think a, a posture change as we think about moving from myth into the truth of the day, mm-hmm. which is what can this relationship look like for partnership where there's more empowerment and where there is more mutual enjoyment. Mm. Well, if you think about. I would think the same the same illustration works. You know, you've heard it with horsepower. If one horse can pull five hundred pounds of things, and the other person, the other horse can pull five hundred p- 
pounds of something together, they actually don't pull a thousand. They can pull right. way more than that. Right. I don't know if me and Alec trying to move a tree stump <laughs> works in the same way or not if we're trying to push something. However, this picture, I feel like it, there's a lot of truths to be extracted on many yeah. levels. Um, and, you know, I, I also want to think about like uh, uh, little Alec, a six-year-old, too much is given, much is required, or much will be given. If you're faithful as little, much will be given to you. There's still a place for somebody who hasn't done much mm-hmm. and hasn't been proven much. You know? Absolutely. And I do think that God, it's very clear that God, specifically Jesus' teaching, uses the, the small things the ill-equipped things, the unintelligent, the unwise to confound That's and really to good. all inspire yeah. the rich, profitable ones. Yeah. And if if we are a pioneering people, I'm, I'm going all the way back to Genesis, yeah. we're a pioneering people, we're meant to cultivate and grow and multiply, we need the Alex. Mm-hmm. We need the younger eyes who aren't as jaded or can dream, have different education that's been yeah. evolved. We need to see them. Right. Uh, so I would say the most powerful are the ones who are the most, quote, poor in spirit, realizing they need others, potentially. Uh, I mean, that gets us a little bit biblical. Why don't we bring in some teaching from Jesus about this? I mean, Jesus really drops the authority statement in the end of Matthew, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. And then he turns that power and empowers his people in the very statement. Mm -hmm. He's not saying, since I'm so powerful in heaven and earth, do this. He's saying, since I have authority, I'm going to extend it to you. Go, therefore, make disciples, do the things I did, teach them the things I did, and, and by so doing, you'll be pleasing me in that way. Yeah. I'm the authority of all power. I have all power yeah. in my hand. I could do anything that I want to and nothing could stop me. Um, and at the same time, I know the essence of power. And so I know how to make power work the way it was supposed to. Yeah. I'm going to save you a lot of time right now. I'm just going to get to the point of this is the purpose of your power, to empower others, to make disciples. And I'm not only telling you to do it, I'm doing it as I'm telling you to do it. <laughs> I'm empowering you to empower the, others. The yeah. king of the world, my first act is not to build myself a bigger house, not to get myself a new car since I've been walking on and with donkey my power is to give it away yeah <laughs> so today that's our focus point is just to get practical on how mm. that looks on a day-to-day basis on a one-to-one basis you don't have to be like you said the leader of some organization you don't have to go in a triple wins or not on your tie every single morning mm-hmm. to be a power player so to speak I mean think about this uh, if you think of the top three people that have influenced you in your life or even your day, I ask you the question, I wonder if they know how much they've influenced you. They mm. probably don't, you mm. know? And they could be negatively into influ- influencing you, positively in- influencing you, but influence isn't isn't mm-hmm. verbal. So, a lot of times it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times it's, man, that person that doesn't know it, I, I pay attention to them and they're kind of inspiring to me and they wouldn't know that and I wouldn't tell them that, but I'm, I'm watching them, mm-hmm. you know? Or, boy, that person has really weighed down mm. on me and their attitude mm. and the way that they've talked. I just want to tell you, you're influencing people people in that way. Right. There's people watching your Instagram right. that don't like it. There's people yeah. that, you know, like it, meaning subscribe to oh, it yeah. or, or actually press the button. There's people that are are next to you and they can sense and feel your attitude and you're mm. not even saying anything. And so mm-hmm. I would say you are influencing people all the time. Mm. And so we just want to cap take that thought by captive and think, how can we leverage it? Yeah. Before we jump into the three practical pieces that, you know, power listens, loves and leads in a sense, and that person in power it's interesting. If I were to give you a, um, a scenario right now, podcast listener, and I just said, if you were given power over the company you work at, what would huh. you do? Or you were <laughs> yeah. given power in your home or with relationships, what would you do? And I, my guess is a lot of us would go into protection mode. We'd mm-hmm. insulate ourselves from 
um, critique. We yeah. insulate ourselves from, you know, maybe it's a it's an aggressive culture and you just want to slow it down. Mm. Your slowdown might be an extreme mm-hmm. and you shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, protection could lead to lacking empowerment. Oh, I just want to, I want to make everybody equal in power. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can be good, but you also need a leader. Yeah. You know, so I just think it's interesting. It's a little scenario. I'm not going to hold you accountable to it or actually press it too far, but I couldn't help Oliver from my mind to race and think if I was empowered with authority over the city or, you know, whatever the next rung up is for you in life or a couple rungs up, what would you do? If you're a child, a son or daughter in your house, if all of a sudden you were making the rules, what would they be and yeah. why? And would it just be sowed? Would, you know, would you just be sowing into your utopian dream or mm-hmm. the, you know, I just want to have, I want to make sure I have this and this and this, and I don't need anything else. I'm just going to protect myself at that. And then anybody else can do what they want as long as they don't impact me. It's really the opposite. Yeah. It's actually the juxtaposition of what Jesus did. Discipleship yeah. was ultimately about delegation, empowering others. It wasn't about protecting themselves yeah. or other people, yeah. you know, go is not a protection word. Go yeah. is a risk word. Yeah. It is a costly word. Mm. So, uh, why don't we talk about that, Oliver? Why don't we talk about three ways of empowering? How do we empower people with the power and influence we've been given to us? Why don't you give yeah. us the first of three today? The first word I'd love to talk about today is, is listening. Um, I know a mentor of mine, when I first took over doing youth group, he said, you got to have voice to have buy-in. So the people that have the mm-hmm. most buy-in, they're the ones that have been most empowered. At least their voice has been empowered. And he did clar- clarify and qualify that say, voice doesn't necessarily mean that they're touching the decision, voice just means that they've been heard. And Mm. the power of being heard, the power of you listening is valuable on both fronts, on both sides. Um, First of all, of course, as you can feel like if I came, if I was your manager and I sort of handed you down a decision without your input and I didn't care how it influenced you, that would take away from your equity. And sometimes that that happens, that, that, that level of leadership has to happen. You can't have everything by committee. But if at all, if at all possible, it's always better. I've found in a management teaching, parenting conversation that the voice is at least heard because that voice suggests value. It suggests um, I care. It suggests you know what you, the the eyes that you have on the situation are as important as my eyes. Mm. And I think it just ultimately, Chris, just kind of protects and 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 heads towards this common idea that you know if we're going to do something together, um, we all have to play a part and. Uh, that that ultimately the decisions that are made out of an organization or a group or a family or even just one partnership, for them to be fully what God had designed it to be in terms of sharing power, mm-hmm. um, that there's also sharing a voice. And uh, and it's not a hard and fast rule that it always happens 50-50. It could be sure. 98-2 sure, in terms sure. of the decision. Again, but the point is... Um, are we registering the listening value in our leadership conversations? Are we considering the voices that we have around us? Because voice is power. We talk about worlds, mm-hmm. words creating worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever has the microphone in a room has the power. Whoever has the sway or the influence in the room has the power. And so are we allowing other people, creating spaces of voice and volume for others, I think is a really great way to start a practical conversation mm-hmm. about influence. So here's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Um, I hear you really speaking to the person who has power, knows they have power, yep. how to use it well. What I want, I'm going to ask you this, but I'm going to give you like yeah. two minutes as I talk through this a little bit. I appreciate that. The, the other person is, the person who doesn't think they have power, I want you to, is this as true for them? Do they practice the same things mm-hmm. is what I want to ask. Yeah. So what I heard you say though, Oliver, a, a few practicals, I know you wrote down for notes for me uh, when you were sharing, here's what I want to talk about when I'm talking about someone who is who has power, they need to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned of simple things. Um, so power player out there, equipping, you know, we want to equip you with this. If you really are a person of influence and power, 
are you asking open-ended questions so that people can actually give input? Right. Or, you know, if you're a power player and you're just, everyone agrees with me, that's probably because you're asking closed-ended questions and, and they might be afraid, not because you're intimidating, but afraid to input because you only give an opportunity of yes, no in that. So are you are you asking opening questions? Another how that you mentioned for the listener, mm-hmm. uh, for the person as a listener, are you wanting everybody to understand you? Are you using your power and influence to understand others? Mm-hmm. It might not just be your team. It might be people your team is, is uh, influencing, whether it's a product or you're a church or a family. Um, are you understanding them so that they can be better equipped to understand others? Mm-hmm. How are you using your power in that way. Mm. Uh, And ultimately, I mean, I think you talk about the goal of all of this for the person who knows they have power, the person who doesn't have much power or doesn't think they do. Mm. It's ultimately saying, you know, what is God saying? Mm -hmm. Because to say that somebody on my team or somebody out there doesn't have a voice is to say that God isn't interested in that human. Heavens no. Somehow you put, just because you're powerful or influential, as the human economy says, does not mean that you are more important to God than the person who is maybe lowest on your org chart or your furthest consumer. Yeah. Um, so Oliver, would you say that listening, those practical things for somebody who really like, you know, as, as far down as Alec, a six-year-old, or maybe just somebody in the company who never is going to be asked their opinion, maybe they want power or they don't, are they immune from those same hows uh, as a Absolutely listener? Absolutely not. I mean, okay. I think it'd be just as important, like I have on this outline, you want to listen beside, above, and below. The hearing would come from a 360-degree angle. Mm-hmm. Like, um, listening is, uh, I think, it, a, a very important seed for the fruit of influence or the fruit of power in any given situation. So I'd say if you're Alec or the employee way down the totem pole, so to speak, um, seeking to understand not only what your overseer is saying, but seeking to understand who they are and where they're coming Mm, from mm -hmm. will greatly influence. Um, I know from being a teacher, uh, if I get a sense that a student was listening well or getting a picture for the assignment at hand and really wanted to do their best on a given assignment, I had a lot more margin for that student. A lot more trust was afforded, a lot more bandwidth of connection was, was supported there. And the overall partnership um, worked better. And here's so the, their respect to yeah. you and their, you felt understood by them. Yeah. Which made you want to understand them. Absolutely. That's interesting. So paying that forward Absolutely. made them a candidate for your attention, more, more investment. Yeah. I've heard people say you can lead downwards. In other words, lead those you oversee. You can also lead upwards. Mm-hmm. You can ask great questions, mm-hmm. um, to help to, you know, continue on the conversation to really understand the vision or understand the assignment of the teacher or whatever it is you're doing. You can, um, you know, give give good feedback. A lot of times, here's the thing: is that um, you know you might have more might have more voice in your organization or in your family than you know or you think. Um, sometimes it's just that you know we're sitting here waiting for an invitation to speak, and the person that's supposed to be listening doesn't know to ask. Yeah, and so they might think that you're being heard, but you're the only one ultimately that knows whether or not you feel heard. Mm -hmm. So the ball's in your court in Mm -hmm. some ways. If Mm -hmm. you have something to say and you leave a meeting or a conversation and you didn't say it, well, some of that onus, if not a lot of that onus is on you because you're the one that has the thing, the voice that, you know, you're, you're wanting to be heard. It sounds like your answers right here about listening that I've asked uh, and the answers you're giving sound like 
love. I mean, mm. to be candid, mm. you're, it's not that your student was like, I want to love my teacher as he's teaching, but they were demonstrating love. Mm. Uh, and that's your second point of the house today yeah. is a good leader who is empowering others with power does it through love. Talk yeah. about that. Well, um, I think it's kind of like I've seen, again, bringing back to teaching, there's that common phrase that everybody knows as a teacher. It's not how much you know, it's how much you care. Hmm. I've heard John Maxwell or uh, I think it might have been Rick Warren also make this comment. It's not about, you know, impressing people. It's about influencing people. It's about it's about loving people. So the care factor is very, very important. We were never meant to practice power outside of relationship. God hmm. created the world inside the Trinity. Adam and Eve had children and multiplied inside a relationship, he always intended power again to be shared. So the question is is really about, do we have enough uh, love to practice the power um, that God is, has entrusted us? Mm-hmm. Another way of measuring is asking the question like, is the, is the love in our relationship of one-to-one or in a group, is the, our love and relationship serving the power or is the power that we have entrusted in the relationship, is it serving the love and the relationship what that, that we have? Like? How, how do you? What, what does that mean practically? The statement yeah. made sense, but I don't have a I don't have a handle for that. What does that look like in yeah, real life? So, for example, in, if I'm a teacher and there's a student, I mean, it just comes down to: is my action right now motivated by the EOC score or the betterment of that child's future? And sometimes mm-hmm. those are in tandem, okay. and sometimes they're at odds. And at the end of the day, um, we're accountable to the authority that Jesus has delegated to mm-hmm. us in that Matthew 28, and that is going to be measured based on, did I use my power for the purpose it was given me? And that is to empower others. So what I hear, one of, I'd maybe use this language, um, when you're loving people in this category of power influence, um, it's not enough to figure out the what we got to think about the who. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not okay just to figure out the, how do we get this done Mm-hmm. Um, responsibility mm-hmm. and forsake the who, which is the relationship. Yeah. Um, is there a perfect formula for that? Does it change? Do mm-hmm. some people need more than others? Um, mm-hmm. If I have to care for relationship more for one person to get a responsibility done than others, is that the wrong person on my team? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that, I know we want to, <laughs> I've been fighting for like universal philosophy in some ways today, but this one's getting a little more specific. Are there exceptions to some of that? And you know, mm-hmm. how how often do you forsake the responsibility for the relationship? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a real question. Yeah. Uh, the, and and a lot that? of this, you know, there's a there's a tension, and it's an ongoing tension. It's never resolved. Um, I hear you in that question asking, like, at some point, like, if we're in a classroom, the individual needs or that person feeling loved or supported competes with the overall unified right. goal. Right. We got to move forward through the curriculum. Right. We can't just stop for every Which every can person. feel ruthless at times. I mean, yeah. in a classroom, maybe, maybe not, although some kids get left behind. I mean, that's a statement in the last decade, like, no child left behind yeah. is about what you're talking about. But even an organization, yeah. uh, if you do well relationally, eventually those relationships might not have enough capacity to be yeah. able to go to fulfill the responsibility. Yeah. And then what, at what cost? Yeah. I mean, if it's widgets and it's money and it's, we're going to make 1.9 billion this year versus, you know, one, 2.1 billion. Yeah. I mean, a, a leader needs to be considered that. There's right. a lot of people impacted by that, but I'm not necessarily talking about that big one as much as I'm talking about, I mean, if you have a small team mm-hmm. um, or a small family, I mm-hmm. mean, everybody's impacted right. by power players and how they wield it, right? Right, absolutely. So I think, you know, what's been helpful for us in our pre-conversation of this podcast is just the idea that, 
you know, partnership requires a two-way street mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And we are responsible for the authority that we have, but we can't be responsible for the authority that other has, mm-hmm. others have, above, beside, or below. And so I think I would just want to ask the question, did I do everything that I could to find the win-win within mm-hmm. um, the relationship? So if, if you're talking about hows, it seems like how... Well, a check and balance, almost, if I'm hearing you rightly today, mm-hmm. is have I listened well to people? Yeah. Am I loving people well before I'm leading people? Which mm-hmm. is your third. Yeah. Is that, is that how that would flow? Yeah, I think so. Because lead is, I mean, because ultimately, we, this is, equipping is about how to lead your own life. Yeah. And you are influencing others, so we want you to be considerate, listening and loving. Maybe those are the deposits. Am, am I listening and loving well before I'm leading or while I'm leading? Is that how you talk yeah. about that and bring us into our third one? Leading. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, out of all the three, the last one is really um, the least in your direct control. The other ones can build on to the third, and we'd hope that yeah. these would loving and listening mm-hmm. would evolve into leadership, which is meaning we're heading in the same direction. We're partnering. We're moving. Yeah. We're multiplying our power together. It's not a foregone conclusion that people are going to be on the same page or right. that they're going to be at the same pace. But uh, yes, by God's grace, it's there's a let it be so partnership that just feels like it's happening and doesn't need to be coerced from either side. And I just think that that looks like creating a, a common future together. It's looking at vision together. It's it's preferring something together. It's it's saying I would I'm gonna put in these resources I have because I know that there's going to be a greater than the sum of parts that mm-hmm, comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, leading and leadership in terms of this word and what I would think would measure it is just getting a vision, a common picture of mm-hmm. preferred future together that looks like greater than the sum of parts. When you use the horses analogy, it's just saying, wow, yeah. I couldn't have done this on my own. And I'm so glad I met you because now in our partnership, we're actually going to be able to do something better together. I've heard in Christian history in the last 20 years, that statement of a personal relationship with Jesus. And in the last five, six, seven years, that's come under pretty significant scrutiny and and criticism. And I think rightfully so. Meaning, at times, Christ was leveraged of Oliver. Christ will make your life better, and he is your personal savior. And that, when it's saying that Jesus would have done what he did for just you, I like that. When it's saying you work out your personal salvation and you think about what works best for you Mm -hmm. and wield your own power, Mm -hmm. I think it becomes really pragmatic. Rather than seeing another way of thinking about our personal relationship with Jesus is our partnership Mm -hmm. that God has made with his church, which, which, by the way, the scriptures make that really clear. Jesus died for a bride. The bride has many parts. So it's, it's not a... It's not a Bible or a God problem. It's a church problem that sure. we personalize things. So that's a little cul-de-sac in the conversation today, mm-hmm. but I think it fits because when you think about personal mission or personal advancement, I mean, I wonder how many people's New Year's resolutions, podcast listeners, yeah. have to do with, with other others. people's yeah. empowerment versus other, ourself. Yeah. And a lot of people would go, it's a scarcity model. Mm-hmm. I need to get mine first. Right. And once I get mine first, then I'll help others. Once yeah. I get my debts paid that's off, good. then I'll be generous. Once I get healthy, then I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's ultimately saying there's 10 beans. Mm-hmm. I'll be generous once I get them all. My beans, yeah. But if I have only three and I give two beans away, I only have one. Yeah, it's so really it's good. actually bad for me to give away the other two. Mm-hmm. But if we're farmers... Mm-hmm. Why don't I give a seed to each farmer and they could all multiply those? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, those things break down. But I just think about the language of partnership versus personal is Mm -hmm. significantly different. I've even seen this with athletes. A new quarterback will come in and for some reason they have a really great relationship with one of the receivers. I think that even happened with the playoffs or national championship game. 
and and someone the commentator was going, how do they know where each other be? And they go, oh, in the off season, they got together every day and right. worked on the game, not right. just their game. Right. It's great for a quarterback to know how to throw the ball, but when they partnered with a receiver, or you partnered with an assistant, or you partner with your family or your children, right. you know, fathers, mothers out there. Your children don't just need you to have a better personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Why don't you partner with them yeah. in relating with Jesus? Right. And then you're not going to be able to divide where you start and they stop. Mm. Uh, I mean, can you see the vision of that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing yeah, to think, think about the, the benefit of that kind I of leadership. I think scatter seeds, I mean, that's a great analogy to bring about. Seeds are influenced. They're the basically potential for the future. And you have the idea of, okay, I'm going to keep them all in mind. Uh, hoarding them, keeping all my beans until I have all the, you know, make sure that I have all my ducks in a row. That's the scarcity, zero sum. If I if, yeah. if I don't have them, somebody else has them. But the opposite, what you're saying is that um, if I can get a glimpse and a vision beyond that, which is small, it's mm-hmm. very small. It's it's expecting a, a addition. It's growth by addition rather than growth by multiplication. If I can get a vision beyond that, the the possibilities are endless. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds pie in the sky, and I know that sometimes like rubber hits the road when it's like, okay, this student is acting up, this child is acting up, you know, this employee is just right. becoming a burden and so right. forth. Um, I'm not saying it's easy. Like we yep. we, like we've said, if it's this isn't us preaching and getting off and saying, okay, we've accomplished this, Chris and I, and right. this is the easiest thing. No, we're saying it's hard, but it's worth it. And the yeah, the idea of a New Year's resolution or of New Year's vision for. What am I doing to partner with others or how am I empowering others with my power? I mean, that's that's why you're here. That's <laughs> that's the whole purpose. So so it's 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 just a great question and it, it really doesn't necessarily black and white tell me exactly what to do. Right. It points me north though, and it tells me when I hit that conflict, I think maybe this isn't as bad as I thought. You know, this is the lie that's coming at me now in that conflict is saying, boy, I better get mine because it's a mm-hmm. zero sum. And if I don't give it, you know, if I'm a teacher, that's the power struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, mm-hmm. if I let them have this and they're going to have yes. that. And it's saying, no, think a little bit bigger. Like they're a person too. You are a student too. You were a child before you were a father. Mm-hmm. You know, like hmm. what What if we could reverse the curse of scarcity? And what if we had a bigger vision for our family and our friends where – we, we said, no, there's a better answer. We're not going for consensus. We're not going for committee. We're not going for just keep everybody happy. We're going for vision. We're going mm-hmm. for disciples of nations. We're going mm-hmm. for leveraging his Genesis 1 authority mm-hmm. um, on the property. And, mm-hmm. and that's our call, and we'll never, we'll never fully realize our purpose until that happens. And so, it's again, it's easier said than done. Right. And, and it's really less of a definition than a direction. And it's just saying, think Think with others, bear with others, love others, listen to others more, spend the extra moment or the or the consideration before you quick make the decision. Mm. It's always easy and sometimes necessary to do a, a, a zero sum or kind of, mm-hmm. you know, power defense. It's mm-hmm. easy and it's necessary at times, but coercion and violence mm. and push mm. is, should be on a leader's mind the mm. last thing that they're using to, to influence their world. Well, I've heard yeah. you say it in the podcast today. I've seen it in the notes. The goal it ultimately is a win-win. Uh, we're considering everyone trying to yeah. through listening and loving, but leading is not a catering to everyone. Yeah, and that's, you're right. That's a hard. I'm di- glad you, you know, said that. It, it's we don't want to split it. If you if you cater to everyone, really, uh, everyone's so different. You know, yeah. if Jesus catered everyone. The gospel probably wouldn't have left his home. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have left his hometown. So I, I want to end with this thought, mm-hmm. and we've said it already, but go and make disciples. You know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples is an offense to cozy culture. It's an offense to somewhat safety as many of us would define it. 
and all I'm saying by saying that is that's the kingdom banner mm-hmm. is go and empower others. Mm-hmm. Um, power is best displayed when it's used to empower others, not to make self great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, you know, if that would be the challenge I would want to, to leave people with is, uh, I, I, what we're doing here, podcast listener, remember equipping at city lights is supporting one another mm-hmm. And stirring one another mm-hmm. so that we might be sent together. And today, I do think, Oliver, we've done some nice support trying to build people up. Yeah. But I think there was a significant amount of stir today where yeah. we're saying you do have power and there is a way to use it and there's a way to abuse it. And, uh, you know, like to me, one of the most piercing things that wasn't on our note sheet was in your New Year's resolutions, how many are they about other people? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, mine was to be nicer to other people. Well... All right, but that's really about you mm-hmm. <laughs> being more likable. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's not real, and it, it does benefit others, but I'm hoping, podcast listener, that you're not just taking the support and the send, you're also being allowing these words to stir you and pierce you. And so, yeah. Oliver, why don't you just bring us in together and, and launch us out here as we close up this session? Yeah, for this podcast, even in terms of our future forward looking for this podcast, we would love for um, f- for more friends and more people to be able to hear you know, into this conversation of what God's been stirring for us as brothers, as a church family. And so uh, one of the things we've been doing with that is kind of integrating it with the City Lights Instagram at CL underscore Greenville that Chris mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. We love if you listen to this to follow along, we're going to be um, hosting, you know, pictures, uh, questions, and and uh, otherwise, you know, topics that are on the horizon for this podcast. If you um, have any suggestions, that's one thing that we would love to solicit for feedback. Um, we're going to be kind of making a post in the near future, uh, soliciting suggestions for com- topics of conversation. We'd love to see comments on yeah, that. Yeah, what do you want to hear? What do mm-hmm. you want to hear? It's the not because messages. we're out of, running out of ideas. Oliver and I love getting together yeah. and talking, but if there's something that you're really concerned about and questioning in life, you're about God, about politics, about family, about sexuality, nothing's off limits for us on and here. And somebody's so, probably wondering it too. Yeah, absolutely. You. You're yeah. not, if you're waiting for somebody else to say it, they're waiting for you to say it. They don't know. They, a lot of you out there, that's a great point. You mm-hmm. might not know that other people are dealing with the same things you are. So uh, let us know. We would just, we'd really be encouraged. If you want to encourage us, if mm-hmm. you listen and you're listening this far onto this podcast, would you please just take a, I mean, what would it take? Maybe just a couple minutes just to let us know Yeah. Uh, more than, Hey, I listen, but Hey, I listen. This is what I appreciated or, um, follow City Lights, or here's something I'd love to hear more about. So uh, we do know that many of you listen out there, and we would love to hear from you um, soon. Yeah, well, this is going to be a great year. God, um, the God that we serve and the God that we follow um, has just great dreams um, over your life mm-hmm. and over his bride, which Chris mentioned in the church. And so um, we are just so excited for what happens when we get together and yes. we listen with one another and love with one another yeah. and leave with one another. It's, it's just um, a great privilege. And so uh, we love you and we look forward to hearing from you. Adios. Adios.